This podcast may contain spoilers for anything that has aired on Disney+, Plus, as well as anything appearing in the comics that the show is drawn from, and ancillary materials such as trailers. We will also be theorizing based on those comics and trailers, so proceed with caution. Welcome to Welcome to Westview. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss episode six of WandaVision. All new Halloween spooktacular. All right. We're really getting into the thick of it now. (gasps) Oh, I just had a thought. I mean, this is a special Halloween episode, but we're going to have a convergence probably on episode eight. Christmas episode? A Christmas episode, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems... Almost inevitable, right? Yeah. Wow. So, okay, let's talk about what time period we're in right now. Okay, see, we went into this episode assuming that since last episode was, granted, barely, but last episode was the 80s. Yes. Last episode was the very special episode. It was so clearly... Family Ties. Yeah, it was so clearly Family Ties. So it only seemed natural that this episode would be the 90s, and we would focus on the ubiquitous 90s show Full House. Which did technically start in the 80s. Yes, or, or possibly Family Matters, or maybe some uh, some step-by-step in there, or possibly even some Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, your classic, not Fresh Prince, but the others, your classic TGIF lineup. Was Fresh Prince not TGIF lineup? No, Fresh Prince was not TGIF lineup. I mean, it, it was a different network, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't ABC. But I mean, it was like a really standard family, uh, you oh. know, 90s show. Yeah, it just wasn't ABC, so it wasn't part of the TGIF lineup. Mm. That's why, uh, unlike Urkel, Will never showed up in The Full House. That is correct. God, that we, we watched so much Full House to prepare for this episode as... Those of you who follow me on Twitter, uh, no, on, on, on Friday, I think I got like 14 different messages like, so you watched a lot of Full House for nothing then. Right, because this episode skipped right over the 90s. This episode takes a lot from Malcolm in the Middle, a show which began in the year 2000. Which, granted, as we all know, decades don't end until about four years in, so the 90s didn't end until about 2004. I guess. Actually, I think I think the cutoff might be a lot... I think it's 2001. Yeah, I think the cutoff was a lot faster for the 2000s because of 9-11, because normally, like, the 80s went until the early 90s, but the 90s got cut short because of 9-11. Right, so. I mean, the 60s didn't start until 1965. The The... The culture that we think of as taking place in the 60s, a lot of people mark that the start of that cultural shift as the Beatles appearance on the Ed Sullivan show. Mm. And the thing is, though, I have mentioned on this show before that I am an old. Mm. I was high school graduating class of 1999. By an old, you mean roughly the same age as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a.k.a. an older millennial slash... 
young Gen X. A zennial. The Oregon Trail generation. The Jordan Catalano generation. That's actually my favorite term for us. The Jordan Catalano generation. That is from My So-Called Life. Oh. Which oh. you would know. If you were an older millennial. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, so I'm, I'm right in that era. In fact, yes, I graduated from high school in 1999, same year as Buffy, so I'm exactly as old as Buffy Summers. But graduating in 1999 means that for me, the 2000s started in 2000. Like, there's a firm cutoff for me. Mm. At but, least, you know, in my head. But Malcolm in the Middle was such a good choice for this episode. It really is. And it's funny, I really would have liked to see WandaVision do their version of Full House. Oh, yeah. But also... The music. Oh, my God. But WandaVision has become more serious. And I don't know if it has room to kind of be as... Saccharine. Yeah, or or, or as silly as it would need to be to mock the saccharineness. Yeah, by the way, when I say the music, I don't mean the music in Full House in general. You mean the musical cue that would come on and tell us that we were about to learn a very special lesson. Yeah, the music is sort of, you know how in Sex and the City, New York is the fifth character? Yes. The music is the whatevereth character in Full House. Its arrival heralds the end of the episode, or the lesson that is to be learned. Now, I don't know if this is relevant. I don't know if this is something that they were thinking about when they made WandaVision, but Sam on our Facebook page brought this up, and it was too good to not mention. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at the timeline, the 90s would be when the twins' parents were killed in the, in the missile strike. Would it be? Uh, I'm not sure what the timeline for the MCU is. I feel like it would have to be around the 90s as with, with what their ages are and what their ages are when their parents were killed. When did Aven- uh, when did Age of Ultron happen? Because they were supposed to be teenagers during that, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or were they supposed to be in their 20s? Well, if we assume that Wanda is approximately Elizabeth Olsen's age, then her parents, she would have been the right age for her parents to have been killed right in the 90s. And we know that because we can we can mark her age by her older sisters on Full House. Mm. So if we go with that assumption and assume she's playing her own age, then the 90s is about the right time for her parents to have been killed. And it's probably not the reason why she skipped over that decade. Mm. But it's an interesting thing to put out there is maybe that's why she skipped over that decade. Should we just get into the episode? Should we sum up where we're at at this point in the show? Or at w- are we at the point where that's not as feasible a thing to do? Yeah, I don't think we can do that anymore. I, I think too much has happened. But w- we should talk about how the last episode ended. Now... With the appearance of the recast Pietro? Yes, Pietro Maximoff. I was going to say Quicksilver, but as was very conspicuously pointed out, last episode... We never hear his name. We never hear Wanda called the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, so... They really, really want us to rewatch Age of Ultron. Or alternatively, okay, Civil so War. I'm going to throw this out there because someone tweeted this to you. And then they deleted it before I got the chance to like it. Yeah, but it was really funny. I was going to retweet it from our account. But somebody tweeted the fact that 
We watched all of that Full House to prepare for WandaVision. Like six seasons of Full House. And neither of us is willing to go back and rewatch The Age of Ultron. Says a lot about how disappointing that movie was. Yeah. So, Pietro, Wanda's brother, was killed during Age of Ultron. He was shot trying to save Hawkeye and some rando civilian person. And... Wanda's grief about Pietro hasn't really appeared in any of the Marvel movies, but they also don't really give characters time to have emotions in those movies. I really wish I had saved this. I didn't know I was going to bring this up, but I saw someone tweet earlier today that everybody's making all of these guesses about who the big bad is going to be in WandaVision, and maybe the big bad is just grief, mm. which I don't think is how it's going to turn out, but it's definitely the way it's been structured so far. Is this the first time the previously ons give us a flashback to one of the movies? It is. This is the first time that a previously on has included a scene from Age of Ultron, which it does. We see Quicksilver's death from the Age of Ultron. Specifically, I think, so that we can see that Pietro is being played by a different person. In fact, by Peter. Mm, Yes. God, I hate that they called him Peter Maximoff in the X-Men movies. It... It honked me off so much. It, I get it. The whole Pietro and Wanda thing was a reference to Peter and Wendy. That was they they were the lost boy and the lost girl. That but was, that's more reason not to change the name to Peter. Yes, but honestly, I know casting uh, Evan Peters is you know oh they recast him. But honestly, if they had gotten aaron tyler johnson back mm-hmm. have you seen pictures of him recently i have not he went full bear mode so if they had got the original actor back he would have looked like a different person anyway yeah so that is what happened at the end of last episode wanda's dead brother returned except it wasn't her dead brother from the mcu it was her dead brother from the sony x-men movies hmm. so the episode opens with the credits which right off the bat it's a malcolm in the middle riff Yes. It's a camcorder going through the house. Unlike Malcolm in the Middle, they don't have the cuts to other media, which I kind of wish they had done. But it's Billy and Tommy taking a video camera around the house, catching their parents at embarrassing moments, Wanda in the bathroom with her hair in curlers, Vision reading the newspaper, which then gets taken from one of the boys, and then Vision hits one of the boys with the newspaper. The the lyrics, I kind of just want to post... The le- you know what I am gonna I'm just gonna read the lyrics to the theme song as you pull that up. Agnes is in the opening credits. She's been in the opening credits before, but here she has equal billing with everyone in the Maximoff family. It's true. She's actually in their kitchen, like raiding the fridge when the camera catches her. And she has those word pants that were so popular in that general time period. There was a one of the uh, moms at my school when I was that age wore uh pants with uh words on the back specifically uh, agnes is wearing naughty pants it says naughty across the rear end right which they're like juicy couture sweatpants but you know naughty yes which some people are taking as evidence that she is the big bad i'm more and more thinking that well we'll talk about as we get into it yeah there's a scene with agnes agnes isn't in that much of this episode But the scene with Agnes, for a lot of people online, seemed to confirm that 
she is under the sway of the town that she is an innocent who got caught up in this. And I'm like, that's not really what I got out of the scene with her. Yeah, that scene did not confirm that for me. And also, I'm still going with her being Agatha Harkness. It's just I now think she's here to help Wanda, not that she's the person who did it. Mm. I I still think that she might have been the one to set it up. Mm. So here are the lyrics to this theme song. Wanda, Wanda Vision. Don't try to fight the chaos. Don't question what you've done. The game can try to play us. Don't let it stop the fun. Some days it's all confusion. Easy come and easy go. But if it's all illusion, sit back, enjoy the show. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going through each distorted day. Let's keep it going, though there may be no way of knowing who's coming by to play. Hmm. Right? Hmm. The boys are running around the house in the intro. They catch Agnes. They uh, have kind of this selfie-esque thing with her. The boys are credited with Agnes. Uh, Everyone's getting their own, you know, respective line, you know, Wanda Maximoff vision as their thing the boys share one with agatha agnes sorry we didn't point out last episode but we talked about it some later Mm. that every time the boys either aged up or tried to age up it was when agnes was there yes so their powers as as you pointed out off off the air don't really include the power to age up the way they did but yes the first time it happened was right after agnes had sprayed them with that lavender oil and she was there the second time they aged up and the third time when they were about to age up but wanda stopped them also in front of agnes Mm. although as i mentioned theoretically either one of them could use their powers to age up right but it doesn't seem like they did like, the aging up thing seems kind of separate from their powers. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seems off the table at this point. Like, yeah, there's no there's no talk of possibly aging up in this episode. Mm-hmm. So the last person in the credits is Pietro Maximoff as himself. Which makes sense. That is kind of how, you know, that last credit is usually and this person as whatever. Or and starring or and featuring Holly Murray Combs. Yes, I just... To it, go for later episodes of Charmed. It just seems like they're really hammering home, no, no, this is Pietro. And Pietro Maximov as himself. This is Pietro. Don't worry about it. I really wish they had taken more cues from Malcolm in the Middle. I feel like they're moving away from aping the cinematography as directly as they used to. Yeah. But the episode starts, and it got me right off the bat, the episode starts with Billy talking to camera. Yes. As he walks downstairs in a homemade version of his of his Wiccan costume. And I love it so much. I know the reason uh, Billy, Pietro, Wanda, and Vision all get versions of their classic comics costumes. And I know it's one of those like tongue-in-cheek, haha, aren't the comics stupid things to have them in their like classic costumes. It's like a joke. Uh-huh. But... Not, not for all of them, but specifically for Billy and Wanda, I feel like most of what it proves is with a little reworking, yeah, they could just do more 
comics accurate costumes and it would look good. Right? Just do the costume. It's what we want to see. Yeah. I mean, Wanda's headdress, headdress, headpiece, tiara, I'm not sure how one would refer to. I would call it a headpiece the way it's drawn in the comics and maybe like a tiara the way she wears it in this episode because it's they did shrink it down a little bit. Yeah. But like, it looks really good. And her costume, it has a little, I mean, it looks a little homemade and it's... We'll talk about it when it shows up, but I feel like it proves that you, honestly, with a few alterations, you could just have her wear a really comics-accurate, good-looking Scarlet Witch costume. Yeah. Billy and Tommy are arguing about Pietro. They're like, he sleeps all day, he, you know, he he acts really weird. Is he a vampire? Tommy, Tommy teases Billy that Billy's afraid of him because Billy thinks he's a vampire. And... Pietro can hear them, and he starts roughhousing with them, and then Wanda comes down the stairs in her classic Scarlet Witch outfit, and it looks good. It's a little, it's a little cheap, you know, especially with the cape, but... Well, I mean, it, it looks like it's made out of that material, that, that cheap costume material, but it's okay, it still looks good. And she says that she is dressed as a Sokovian fortune teller. Okay, I know we had the big speech at the beginning of the first episode, but I feel like we do have to bring it up again here. Yeah. Because... Well, and we mentioned we mentioned last episode that Elizabeth Olsen had used the slur for Romani people in an interview, specifically when talking about this costume. Yeah, she fought for this costume. She really wanted... To have this costume, and unfortunately, she used the very common slur for Romani people. And I said in our last episode that I hoped she could be called in, that maybe people could say something to her, and she could not. Um, and it was pointed out to me on our Twitter that she's been called in a few times and has not stopped, so, which is disappointing. Yeah. So we get a flashback. This is where I regret not rewatching Malcolm in the Middle for this because uh, I, I rewatched the whole thing when I first moved to Portland and had no job and it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, I just went through it because it's a really, really solid show. Uh, again, I haven't seen... Oh my God, that was like seven years ago. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it, but it was really solid. Wanda tells the boys after Billy asks her if she's... Little old Riding Hood. Oh. Which, jeez, Billy. Don't come for your mom like that. But she says that she's a Sokovian fortune teller. And she uh, reminds Pietro when they went trick-or-treating as children. Which, I feel like this is an important flashback. Because it really feels like a recontextualization of something really, really worse. Because... We do a flashback to young Wanda and young Pietro, Pietro trick-or-treating. And, you know, it's a funny thing. They're in Eastern Europe and they get a fish mm-hmm. from a scary Baltic lady. The place, the background behind them looks like a war zone. Yeah. And there are no other houses in, in the background. So, like, they ring the doorbell on a house, but behind them there's nothing. So... They're not in a neighborhood. In this episode, we're going to see what is happening at the edge of Westview, where Wanda is not devoting her entire attention to making sure that people are going about their business. Mm -hmm. 
this feels like a prelude to that because there's the one house with the one woman, but behind them there's nothing. Yeah, well, there's a fi- there's a barrel on fire. <laughs> there's and, a barrel fire, <laughs> and what looks like the wreck of a car. Yes. So, but no neighborhood. I want to take a minute just to talk mostly about Kid Pietro's costume in this flashback. His Nick Fury costume. Yes, Kid Pietro is dressed as Nick Fury, which, as you pointed out, this would theoretically take place in the 90s if they were children Mm -hmm. which was before nick fury had his eye patch oh was it because remember captain marvel takes place in the 90s and he has both of his eyes in that oh oh before nick fury in the timeline of the mcu had a because in the 616 in the comics universe he iconically is the comics that came out in the 90s was the nick fury with an eye patch okay yeah, uh, baby Pietro is dressed as Nick Fury, baby Scarlet Witch, baby Wanda is dressed as a bug. Possibly a Black Widow? Oh! Maybe. That, I that... was thinking it was a mantis. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, basically all you can see of her costume is the uh, the antenna. But there's no real good reason for baby Pietro to be dressed as Nick Fury. He's not really a public figure. Well, I mean, is this supposed to be a Nick Fury costume? or Because as I said, the only part of Wanda's costume that we see, the only part that really exists is the antenna. Mm. Uh, maybe he was like a pirate, but the only part of his costume that he has is an eye patch. I feel like he's... But yes. But obviously what they want us, the viewer, to think of Nick Fury. Also, he has silver hair. Like, as a kid. Yeah. Which, I mean... I, always... I know it's not strictly speaking connected to his powers, but the fact that Pietro always had white hair does feel like a powers thing. Yeah, I, I assumed he always had white hair because his hair was metabolizing so fast that there was no color in it. Well, I mean, it, it's a thing. Like, Lorna Dane had green hair way before her powers manifested. Right. But... In the timeline of the MCU, Pietro and Wanda didn't get their powers until Hydra experimented on them. Right, because they're not mutants. Mm-hmm. Wait, but I'm bringing this up because, you know, we said that this was Wanda describing this. This was Pietro describing it. And when we flash back to the present, Wanda says, that's not how I remember it. Huh. So, I, I mean, talk about reading too much into like a brief flit of... of you know, whatever. But the fact that Pietro has white hair in the flashback that he is recounting implies that he had some power, even if it had not yet manifested, which means that we're going to think mutant, as in the X-Men, as in the Sony X-Men movies, whereas here in the MCU, he is not a mutant. He got his powers through scientific experimentation. Honestly, I, I know it's probably not going to be the case, but I'm still a little bit hanging uh, my hat on this is X-Men Pietro, and they just, who got called into this universe and got overwritten with whatever universe number the MCU is Pietro's memories. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably true. I think he probably has, like, both sets of memories in a weird overlapping way. Oh, God, are we going to get into Once Upon a Time? You know, it's weird how much this show makes me need to talk about Once Upon a Time. Which, also a Disney property. So, since Billy is the Malcolm 
of this piece, he talks to the camera about how Wanda's been really weird since Pietro got here. Mm-hmm. And how things have been really uncomfortable between her and Vision. Also that Quicksilver and Vision don't super get along, which, you know. I mean, you'd expect that, right? They're brothers-in-law. And Vision comes down in his comics classic costume and Pietro makes fun of him. Well, they do an extended thing where Pietro tries to guess what this costume is. And Wanda reveals that this is a luchador costume. Okay. I. But... Vision tells Wanda that he's going to go patrolling with the Neighborhood Watch, and Wanda's like, you're supposed to go trick-or-treating with me and the boys, and Vision's like, I'm not doing that. And there's a very tense thing where Vision is really clearly not under the town's sway or what have you. Mm -hmm. Wanda says, you're not supposed to... And then she trails off and corrects, you didn't tell me you had plans... Because the first part of her sentence was, that's not what I wanted to happen. So why is that what's happening? And then obviously, the second part of her sentence is what you would expect from a normal conversation. Mm. Why didn't you tell me this? Why don't you want to go out with the boys on their first Halloween? Which she says this is. So we're keeping with the timeline where they aged themselves up. Mm. And Billy Billy talks a little to the camera about how they're not fighting exactly, but things are uncomfortable. And Pietro kind of steps into cover for the vision. He's like, "Look, I can I can handle this. He he can go do whatever with his buddies, and I can take the boys out. We'll have fun. It's not a big deal." Yes, uh, Pietro says he will be their father figure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I I have a thing with that where people are always like, "Oh, clearly." Clearly, Pietro's the boy's real dad in the comics because, you know, oh, no way the Vision could get her pregnant. And it's like, well, I mean, Pietro was on the moon when when, when Wanda got pregnant. So, like, that that wasn't going to happen anyway. Also, they're brother and sister. It's not that weird that Tommy looks like his uncle. Right? That's, that's, that's how genetics work. That's how being related to someone works. So... Also, I really love Tommy has not been wearing a costume. Billy asked him earlier, like, what are you going as? And Tommy says, I'm going as the cooler twin. And Pietro kind of takes the opportunity to, when he dresses himself up, he wears a, he he zoops into a comics accurate Quicksilver costume, including the hair, which has always driven me nuts because comics Pietro has the weirdest effing hair in a universe that has Wolverine in it. Well, I mean, he has to have the weirdest hair. Because it has to match whatever is happening with that headpiece that Wanda's wearing. Yes. So he zoops himself into not only a comics-accurate Quicksilver costume, but comics-accurate Quicksilver hair with the little deedly... Hair horns. Hair horns. And he zoops Tommy into, like, a mini Quicksilver outfit, which is, it's very cute. And Wanda's very exasperated, but she's like, you know what? We'll have a good time. Come on. I I will roll with this. She tells Pietro that they are a respectable family, so she needs him to behave respectably. Or she will magic him into a pickled herring. Yes. Which is a callback to the trick-or-treating. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, okay, I, I am going full Pepe de Silvia here. Okay. Is... 
Pietro himself a red herring. Uh, uh, Just. Honestly, I really think that the old woman in the flashback, I feel like that's going to end up being like Wanda's first encounter with Agatha Harkness or something. Again, part of the fun of this is that we can read into stuff even if it's not going to be there. So I'm just throwing my theories to the wind here. I feel like that might get brought back as her having the first encounter with... Agatha Harkness? Or someone. Okay. I, I, I'm I the one who just threw out the red herring thing, and I'm going to say that that is too much. I don't think that's going to... I don't think that old woman's going to come back. But we'll see. This is, this is just both of us laying our bets down. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Not even laying our bets down. I think we're just throwing pasta to the wall and see what seeing what sticks. Which yes. I don't think people do anymore. See, no, people don't throw pasta at walls anymore. Yeah. But the point is, like, we're just throwing as many theories out there as possible. And then if some of them are right, we get to be smug and act, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, on that. Like, we're Nate Silver over here. Oof. So outside of the hex, I feel like this is probably why we're getting less of the format of... A sitcom? Yeah, why we're not really getting, like, the camera work and stuff is because the real world is intruding too much onto the fantasy world. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if we're watching the show and we're seeing Wanda's control, if she ever had control, if she was actually in control. Wanda's control is degrading, so it makes sense that we're getting less of the sitcom, that, like you said, we're not being as faithful with camera angles and things like that. So, back at the... Sword encampment. Yes. Monica is still kind of yelling at director Whitebread about how, you know, hey, you ever thought that, like, shooting a missile at Wanda's children and then trying to shoot her with guns, you ever think that maybe that's not the best way to convince her to undo whatever she's done here? And he's like, hey, hey, Monica, hey, shut up. More than that. He accuses her of sympathizing with super-powered individuals. Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it would make sense if he missed it, because it seems weird that everyone has as much knowledge of the events as they do, but did he miss the part where super-powered people stop Thanos from murdering everyone on Earth? That seemed like it was kind of a big deal at the time. And it... Seems like at least some people are familiar with what went down there, seeing as Jimmy Woo was able to get into an argument. I'm sorry, James Woo. He's not called Jimmy Woo in the MCU at all, is he? Mm, I don't think so, but... It's it's just it's what the character's called. But a- Agent Woo pretty definitively seemed to know what happened, you know, in the last battle of Endgame. And... He- I mean, he he's pretty high up, but it still seems like it's common enough knowledge. Well, also, he's in the FBI. He's not even part of S.W.O.R.D. Yeah. S.W.O.R.D., you have to think, knows exactly what went down. I've heard a lot of theories that uh, director Hayward, I think, is actually Ultron. A lot of people, because there was a thing where Ultron infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, mm-hmm. uh, disguised as some guy. I don't know. Some white guy. Interesting. Well, director Hayward... First of all, he tells Monica that she doesn't know what's going on because she was out for five years when everyone was blipped. Mm. I, screw you, Director Hayward, number one. Mm. And and then he orders her and Agent Wu and Darcy out of the encampment. They are no longer part of this mission. 
Yes, they're they have been too compromised because they're too sympathetic to superpowered people. Which, I mean, come on, dude, be aware of genre fiction. Poor Darcy, she just wants to see how the show ends. But as they're being escorted off property, Monica and James just beat the crap out of the sword agents, and Darcy's kind of just standing there, like bobbing and weaving in the corner, and she's like. I would have helped if you had let me know that was the plan. She does a super cute thing where she, like, looks for an opening to throw a punch and be helpful, but she's not combat trained, so she, she's got nothing. <laughs> so they just kind of throw the unconscious bodies of the people into a truck and then throw on ponchos and are like, okay, well, we're going to keep infiltrating stuff as long as we're here. Yep. Back in Westview, it is daytime. It is daytime, unlike outside where it is night. Yes. And, huh, sure are a lot of children out and about. Yes, last week Vision was disturbed by the fact that there are no children in the neighborhood, and now here they all are, out trick-or-treating. So, the boys run off into the crowd, and Wanda starts not subtly at all probing Pietro for information about their childhoods, and he's like... Look, I get it. You're testing me. I seem different from the Pietro you knew. Mm -hmm. I look different. I seem different. But I am me. I remember everything. And she's like, everything? He, she asks him how this happened. And he says, implying that she's the one who did it. You know, I don't question it. If I found Shangri-La, I would just... Relax and enjoy it, too. Hmm. I feel... Okay, so here's a word that gets used too much, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. Go for it. I feel like he's gaslighting her. I feel like whoever he is, he knows that she is not in control completely of this neighborhood, and he's talking to her as though she is to make her feel off-center, off-kilter. I mean, assuming that he does no more, which it seems like he does, found, not made, found Shangri-La. Ah, oh... Yes. Good point. So. Wanda runs into, well, the kids and Quicksilver run around stealing other children's candy. (laughs) Wanda runs into Herb, who is in a Frankenstein costume doing his neighborhood watch deal. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing where he's hearing over his radio about all of the chaos that is happening As it's happening around them. Before it's happening around him. So he gets the report of all the jack-o'-lanterns being smashed, and then we see Tommy and Pietro and Billy running through and smashing the jack-o'-lanterns. He gets the report of... The candy being stolen as it's happening. He gets the report of everybody getting sprayed down with silly string, then we see everybody getting sprayed with silly string. And Wanda's like... Maybe Vision can help you out. And Herb's like, Vision's not doing Neighborhood Watch stuff tonight. And Wanda's like, hmm. Hmm, really? Busted. Okay. And then Herb is like, don't send me to the cornfield, Wanda. What do you want changed? I'll change it. And Wanda's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything's fine. But this is a truly frightening moment, right? Like, who are the people who have broken through that we've seen to realize that this isn't right? 
we saw it with Norm when the vision phased out his brain. Yeah. We saw it with Agnes who, hmm, Agnes. <laughs> and I guess we I guess we did see Herb and Agnes talking over the fence before. Herb and Agnes. Yeah. But this is her pulling essentially the same thing Agnes pulled on Wanda last week where he's like, do you want me to take that again? Yeah. What do you want me to change? Just give me my direction. What's my motivation? But she kind of breezes past it and she's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do really love how subtly it becomes night in Westview. Yeah. Because it happens through a series of cuts between different characters. And we have Vision walking just more on the outskirts of town. And he hits a part where I guess they're far enough away from Wanda that, or whatever's going on, where there's just a woman who's trying to hang up part of a ghost, but there's nothing there. She keeps... She's trapped in this one motion. Right. Well, it's not that nothing's there. There is there is a bit of fishing line that she could hang it on. It's just that she's trapped doing the same motion over and over again. And behind her, you see her husband is... And basically, they're just like little gift loops. He's setting down the pumpkin. He picks up the pumpkin. He sets down the pumpkin. He picks up the pumpkin. Vision sees, and we see, like, a single tear going down this woman's face. She's conscious, trapped... In this movement, it's horrifying. Commercial break! Commercial break! This is the most disturbing commercial we've got out of all of the commercials thus far. It's the first, as far as I'm aware. I don't think the woman voiced anyone, but it's the first to not feature the woman who has been in all of the commercials thus far. And it's also, it also seems like it's the first to not directly reference Wanda's past. Commercials in the 90s just did weird shit to kids. Well, I don't know if you were... Uh, this This commercial is very much out of my childhood. I'm not sure if it fell outside of the range of yours. But this was really a kid body horror commercial. It's We should talk about what the commercial is first. Okay. So there's a little boy boy yeah there's a little boy on a desert island it's one of those you know setups where it's a very small island there's a palm tree oh, this is all claymation by the way it's all claymation he's stuck in an island and he's talking about how hungry he is and then an extreme shark with sunglasses surfs out of the water and he talks about how he used to be pathetic like the kid but then Yo Magic came. He He snacked on Yo Magic. He snacked on Yo Magic. He tosses the kid a a little container of Yo Magic, a little yogurt container. The kid tries to open the yogurt container, but can't. We see the sun go around and around. Time passes, time passes, time passes. The kid goes from a kid to... he, he, He starves... To death. He starves to death. and Wait, then we see him turn into a skeleton and fade away. Wait, because he couldn't get the... The yogurt open. And then the tagline is, Yo Magic, the snack for survivors. This is where I think the previous flashback with Wanda and Pietro to the woman mm-hmm. might come into play. Okay, so we didn't bring it up before, but... 
now that you say that, I'm thinking when they rang the doorbell, the house we see, there is an atomic symbol on the house as though everything around them has been irradiated. Yeah. So I think that Wanda's powers, because the, the their backstory in the MCU is that they were living in made up the the made up country Mm -hmm. slovakia sokovia sokovia and there was a some sort of war that was aided and abetted by tony stark because you know he's He's a a warmonger he's a warmonger and their building got bombed everyone in the building died except them Mm -hmm. they were stuck under the rubble facing basically an unexploded bomb, one of the missiles that did not explode, that had Stark's name on it. It's one of the reasons that they were, you know, recruited by Ultron to get Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Or Hydra to get Tony Stark. I think this is where Wanda's powers might have come into play the first time. Mm. I feel like that might be hinting that Wanda's powers predate whatever Infinity Gem allegedly gave them their powers in the MCU. I think this is beginning to be a them retconning the source of their powers. Interesting. Or at least Wanda's. I'm thinking that the shark might represent a deal that Wanda made that she now doesn't remember. Hmm. Uh, involving her magic and and bringing back the dead. And I think that also implies that perhaps... Whatever it is that she made the deal with feeds off of her magic and is thus creating scenarios to make her use it more and more. Like last week when the dog died and Agnes was encouraging her to bring it back to life. I don't know if Agnes was encouraging her. She asked her if that was something she was capable of doing. I think that this whole thing is going to be about Wanda unlocking her magical powers and if she doesn't, she'll die. Mm. Just like the child couldn't unlock the magical powers. Yeah, he couldn't open the Yo Magic, so he died. I I feel like that might be the subtext of that commercial being if Wanda doesn't learn to get whatever magic she's Mm -hmm. invoked under control, it will kill her. So it's now night in the real world. The uh, Maximoffs walk past a Coronet movie studio. I'm used to Cornette being, it, it was this series, it was this movie studio that, that did a series of, like, cleanliness and you PSAs in the 50s. Oh, weird. I mean, it just means crown, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure, I'm 10,000% sure it's not a reference to an old PSA uh, film production studio. But you know what is an Easter egg is the movies that are playing at the theater. The Incredibles and The Parent Trap. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Parent Trap, the original twins movie. Yes! Wanda's still kind of interrogating Pietro about what he's doing here, and he tells her he's just playing the part. You know, he's just the layabout brother-in-law who shows up to town and causes trouble. He's a lot less under the sway of whatever's going on than basically anyone else has been up to this point. He mentions to her like he he tells her details are fuzzy he remembers broad strokes of his life which is what really makes me think that 
this universe's Pietro's memories are just kind of layered on top of his. And he remembers getting shot. He remembers dying the way Pietro died in the MCU. He makes fun of it, though. He says, I remember going out like a chump. Yes. That was a terrible way for Quicksilver to die. I mean, he's Quicksilver. He did go out like a chump. Like, come on, dude. I feel like if you have enough super speed to push someone out of the way of bullets, you could avoid being hit by those bullets yourself. Right? Wanda asks Pietro what happened to his accent, and he shoots back what happened to yours, which I love because it works both in what is specifically happening here, where Wanda has control of this town and what is happening, but it also works on the kind of respectability politics of trying to fit into suburbia. Hey, look, we're back at Bewitched. There you go. So they turn to the boys and uh, Tommy's uh, Tommy's like, we need to hurry. They, they have full-size candy bars in this one neighborhood. And he rushes off and they realize, oh, you have super speed. So this is the first hint that outside of the aging themselves up thing... The they twins have powers. have powers. So Tommy's like, oh, yeah. And he he's zooming around and Wanda makes him stop. And she's like, okay, look, go use your super speed. Take your brother, but don't go past Ellis Avenue. Actually, she says, but, and the twins say in unison, don't go past Ellis Avenue. Is Ellis Avenue named for Warren Ellis? That seems like a weird poll, doesn't it? It seems like a really weird poll. He has... Like, if you were going to reference any writers, that doesn't seem like the first or even the tenth one you would reference. Yeah, I mean, Bendis would probably be a place I'd definitely go before then. Claremont Avenue? Well, I'm thinking more people who are directly involved in Scarlet Witch stuff. Englebert Avenue? Englehart, sorry. But, like... I, I have to imagine that Ellis was not a reference to Warren Ellis because... That would just be too... It's a, it would be a really weird pull. Yeah. So the boys zoom off. Tommy is super speeding Billy. And we cut back to James and Darcy and Monica. Yes, they have snuck back into one of the rooms in the S.H.I.E.L.D. encampment and they are watching WandaVision. WandaVision, just like us. Well, Darcy hacks into Hayward's devices to figure out what is happening. And she finds out that he has a, a map of the town and he has kind of a heat map where he can see where all of the people in the town are. And Darcy notices that people in the center of the hex are moving around, being people, but people on the outside of the hex are hardly moving at all and also one of the signals is obviously vision because you can see the vibranium well at first they notice one of the signals is flashing and they're like oh that must be wanda he must be keeping track of wanda and then darcy's like no it's it's vision you can see it's the vibranium which one w uh, i mean i guess it would make sense that they would have a tracker in vision given whatever they were doing to vision when wanda stole his corpse well, I mean, I, I don't think it's a tracker. I think I think he's actually literally tracking the radioactive decay of the vibranium. Mm. So Vision is going as far into the outskirts as he can. Everyone's frozen now. Just 
it's very unsettling. It's like that scene in Wrinkle in Time. Hmm. In the suburbs there. Man, the suburbs being a creepy place just never never stops being a thing, does it? Like that's a that's a well that never runs dry. Thanks, John Waters and or Tim Burton. I mean Those are two weird people to have in the same breath. But also like John Cheever. Hmm. There's just a flash mm-hmm. of this. But one of the trick-or-treaters that we see is dressed as a skeleton, and it's way too realistic. It definitely, for me, feels like it's calling back to the commercial where the kid, like, starved into a skeleton. Mm. Like, it's clearly a kid who's trick-or-treating because she's holding a sack, you know, for for candy. And you can see her pigtails behind the mask. But it is ultra realistic like disturbingly so yeah it is pretty freaky she and her friend sister who knows they're being watched by a woman who at first glance we thought might be uh, wearing a star lord costume but she's just a woman wearing a pumpkin necklace and a kind of reddish overcoat thing yeah i know when i first saw her and i just saw the two big pumpkins that were kind of near her ears i thought that was the headphones from star lord's Walkman. But no, just a pumpkin necklace, sadly. So Vision starts walking towards just the middle of the cul-de-sac, and we get a kind of swooping shot just of the eerie stillness of everything. Mm-hmm. And he zoops back into his regular Vision outfit. Yeah, which is, you know, basically just the MCU version of what he was wearing. It becomes you know his uniform with the cape and he flies out over the town so he can kind of get a look at everything and he sees that there are lights along the street that borders the town and there are lights in the center of town but you know the further out you get the less there is to see except a car at the very end of ellis avenue trying to get out A lot of people said that this is proof that Agatha, Agnes, sorry, can't, still can't help myself several episodes in. This is proof that Agnes is under Wanda's sway, but everyone else here is frozen and she's not. Vision goes down, he lands next to her car, she's just sitting in her car, in a place where everyone else in town is frozen. And she asks him, she's like, do you know where the town square fair is? And he says, I imagine it's in the town square. And she's like, oh, I must have got lost. Okay, before we go too far with Agnes, can we bring up the fact that she is dressed like a witch? Yes. Yes, Agnes is dressed as a witch. Which, God, I hope they're not jerking us around with the whole... Agatha Harkness thing because they're laying it on so freaking thick. Yeah. But I think that this is the fake out here. Not the not the Agatha Harkness thing. I think this is the fake out where she acts confused and disoriented and Vision does the thing where he tries to bring back her repressed personality. And she looks at the Vision and she says, Oh, you're you're an Avenger, you're the Vision. You've come here to save us. And he asks, what are the Avengers? And she's like... Oh, fuck. And she's like, what? Don't do you, don't you know? 
She also says, and this is the part that was in the preview, am I dead? And when he says, why would you be dead? She tells him, you're dead. You died. A lot of people, uh, I know I've said this so many times, a lot of people kind of pick this as proof that she's, you know... Under Wanda's sway. But it really feels like she isn't here. Like, her reaction... It's a little over the top. It feels like it's meant to wind Vision up more than anything else. And while Norm was very ambiguous with the, you know, she's doing this to us, it's her grief, Agnes specifically says that Wanda won't let them leave. She also says, all is lost. Because we are, in fact, at the all is lost moment. And then she starts, okay, she starts cackling. Let's be clear here. She's laughing, but it's cackling. She is she is cackling like a witch. And then Vision reaches into her head and... Voips, you know. Yeah, resuppresses her memories. And she kind of smiles at him and she's like, Well, gotta get going, neighbor. And she, you know, turns around and heads back to town square. And she wishes him a happy halloween And then we, you know, see the street that she has stopped on and it's, you know, Ellis. But she got really far out. She was not frozen like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it feels like she was just prodding Vision to leave more than anything else with that. I think so. And and it works because he immediately crosses the street and tries to walk out of the town. This is one of the very few other things we saw in the preview. I, I thought it was Wanda because we saw Wanda walk out of the wall of static last episode Mm -hmm. but i actually think the figure trying to get through the static in the mid-season preview was vision here yeah okay so monica has her way to get back into the hex Mm -hmm. back at back at sword headquarters she knows a physicist or something she knows Someone which has got Twitter a buzzing, thinking it's Reed Richards, which, God, I do not, I don't think it's going to be Reed Richards. Come on. Okay, so two different properties have been announced by Disney Plus that might be about to be tied in. Hmm. One is Fantastic Four. The other is Ironheart. Hmm. So, I don't know if the person, I, I, it's probably not... Riri Williams, because she is a child, so that's probably not Monica's connection, unless they age her up. Yeah, it would be kind of weird to have Monica in touch with, like, an 18-year-old physicist. Unless they age her up. Yes. So, if it, between the two of them, I hope it's Ironheart, it might be Reed Richards. It could be, hell, it could be Blue Marvel, or it could be a character who's not significant at all. I don't know, it was kind of kind of landed with that significant sound but we, we would be remiss as podcasters if we didn't bring it up yeah like when a batman movie mentions his friend in metropolis yeah like it, it's it's it, it might be someone could be someone who knows so darcy tells monica that she shouldn't go back into the hex because her cells appear to be being rewritten as she goes Back and forth across the field. I was really hoping that she had her powers before this, but this is leaning pretty heavily on... That's what gives her her powers. Yeah, which... eh, I don't love it, but fine, whatever. This version of Monica's great, so... 
All, all versions of Monica are great. Monica's awesome. Yeah. Monica and James are going to go back into the hex, but Darcy's going to stay out here and keep hacking because there's one more thing on the computer that she wants to see. One more firewall she hasn't gotten past, which isn't how firewalls work, but that's okay, whatever. It's fine. It's, it's TV hacking. I think this is probably why people think it's going to be Ultron. Mm, I guess that makes sense. I mean, not even that he is directly Ultron. It could be he's working for Ultron. Or it could be something else. It could be something completely unrelated. But I wouldn't be super surprised if Ultron came back here. Yeah. Although they probably need to get a different voice. Although, how expensive do you think it is to get James Spader these days? Ooh, probably not too much, honestly. So, back in Westview. Pietro's really rubbing up against that fourth wall there. Well, Pietro also says... Damn, if Westview, New Jersey isn't charming as hell. Mm. Charming as hell. Because, you know, there are some people who are theorizing that Pietro is actually Mephisto. Oh, yeah, I could see that. But he he talks about how it's smart of her to arrange an event where you can see all of the children in one fell swoop so you don't have to wonder about the children. It's like, so the rest of the time, they're at school. They're, you know, in their beds. You don't worry about the fact that you don't see kids here as long as you have this one event establishing that there are children in Westview. And she's like, I really don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, yes, you do. Come on. It's just me. You can be open and honest with me. He actually references that they're in a TV show. He says, no need to traumatize the children outside of a holiday episode cameo. Hmm. Yeah. And Wanda asks him, she's like, do you think what I'm doing is wrong? And he's like, no, I, I, I don't think what you're doing is wrong. But he wants to know, how is she doing it? Like, he's pressing her in a way that makes it clear to anyone who's familiar with television that he is not an ally. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to get to the core of what it is that she's doing. What is her power? What magic is doing this? Yeah, he's like, how did you do this? Like, I'm not judging you for doing this, but how? And she tells him, I don't know. I don't remember how this started. I remember feeling alone and then this. I really don't think that she created it. No, I don't think so either. But when she looks over at Pietro after kind of going deep into what it is that happened, like exploring her grief, as soon as she lets that be a thing that she thinks about, she looks over at him and she sees him dead and with the wounds that killed MCU Pietro. The bullet holes. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Darcy has just gotten into the secret files. She, you know, has a Hayward, you bastard and you tricky bastard you sneaky hobbit and then whoa red alert uh darcy also notices the thing that's causing the red alert the vision trying to walk out of the hex field yeah not 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 the best idea bro No, no. We get this extended science fiction sequence where he, like, fights his way through it, and you can see that it's still holding on to him and, like, trying to pull him back in. A bunch of sword guys in hazmat suits 
run out to where he's trying to break through. And they're just, like, watching him fight his way through and lie on the ground while pieces of him fly back into Westview because he's not alive outside of Westview. And Darcy breaks her incognito-ness to be like, what the- help him! What is wrong with you all? I mean, honestly, the thing that seems like it would be the most helpful to him is to shove him back in. Right? But- in the center of town, Billy is getting a mystical woozens, and his powers manifest for the first time. He uses a hex to stop Tommy. Tommy's running at full speed, and Billy stops him with a little... He's got the little blue hex yeah. that he has in the comics, because... The, That's they, the color of his magic. They they don't follow the exact scheme, the, the exact color schemes. Like Wanda's magic is red, Billy's is blue, like it is in the comics. Tommy's super speed usually manifests as green, but it makes sense that it's blue here because he's wearing the Quicksilver outfit. Yeah, Quicksilver's blue outfit. Yeah, Quicksilver did not have his green outfit in this universe. Yes. So Billy finds Wanda and tells her that he can sense. That there's something wrong with Vision. There's something wrong with his dad. His dad is in trouble. And Wanda's like, Billy, you need to focus. Tell me where he is. And outside where he is, Darcy is getting arrested. Because these agents are worthless and they can't even take a second to save Vision before they have to handcuff this astrophysicist to a car. And Billy's panicking in front of Wanda. He doesn't know what's happening. And... Pietro tries to make jokes because he's in a sitcom and Wanda just freaking hexes him into into some scenery, into some Halloween decorations. She's like, no, not right now. Well, he tells her to chill because it's not like her dead husband can die twice. And she hexes him into some foam graves. And, Good for her. And she tells Billy that he needs to concentrate. He needs to find vision. And he, he tells her that he... You know, he's on the outskirts of town. And Wanda freezes everything. She o- she opens up two new hex bolts. And, and starts expanding the borders of Westview. Yeah. So it starts catching all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Director Whitebread hops in a car with some people. Leaving Darcy there handcuffed. And she's like, are you kidding me right now with this? I love how they do that thing that TV shows do. Where... She, you know, she's like, oh, fuck, except, you know, normally it would cut her off before the swear, it, but here she actually gets time to finish it, and she's like, fudge. <laughs> uh, as the hex field is expanding, we see it, for instance, take over the tents that were the sword encampment and turn them into circus tents. It turns the agents into clowns, although I'd argue some of them were already clowns. Wah, wah. We don't see what happens to Darcy because this show is super mean. So we have to wait till next week to see Westview Darcy. Director Whitebread manages to escape. Of at, course he does. Uh, as does apparently Monica and James Wu. Yes. But the borders of Westview have expanded. Yeah. And that's it. That's this episode. They tease you. They make it seem like there's 10 more minutes left in the episode, but there's not. There's just a really long credit scene. 
I mentioned before that we have been talking about who is the villain on this show. And I just want to comment on another meme I saw where... The best villains of the MCU meme. Yeah, and one of the the greatest villains of the MCU was the... It's a picture of Thanos. It's a picture of Loki. It's a picture of um, Killmonger. And... And a picture of the please stand by screen that happens at the end of episodes of WandaVision. Okay, so I know we're probably too far past it at this point. It's my it's my one thing. I wish this show had stayed in the Malcolm in the Middle parody a little longer. Mm. I wish that had been more of the episode. It's just all happening too fast. Yeah, which, I mean, it's good. It's good that the pace is keeping up. I one just of, want more. Yeah, one of the... I feel like I repeat myself so much. One of the things that makes Marvel movies hard to revisit is the fact that they kind of drag a lot in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of... They can be a slog to get through. They're fun popcorn movies for the most part, but really you're just waiting for cool action scenes. Yeah. And a lot of it is trying to wait through boring action scenes to get to cool action scenes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you're you the one who always says it, and once you said it, I couldn't unsee it. Every one of these MCU movies could use one fewer giant action set piece. Yeah. Just be a little bit tighter. It's my general rule of thumb for all action movies. Like, every action movie would flow better if you cut at least one set piece, but that's just me. I know... Yeah, Disney's gonna listen to me. Disney to Disney needs my help to make <laughs> buckets of money off Marvel. So, speaking of Marvel, let's jump into our Easter eggs. Do you have any comics Easter eggs to bring up? Other that we haven't talked about, we've talked about quite a few. I mean, honestly, it's only the really obvious ones here, which were all of the comics accurate costumes, which I really, really liked Billy and Wanda's. Again, yeah, I did too. You put a little more money into the cloak, you get maybe a better body piece mm-hmm. for the suit, and Wanda's outfit would have looked freaking amazing. I, I honest to God, hope they keep the... Uh, the headpiece? Because... It was it, a good-looking headpiece. It looked really good. Like, the rest of the costume, obviously, it looked cheap. It was supposed to. But that headpiece looked good. And let me say, as somebody who has cosplayed Scarlet Witch, that headpiece is deceptively hard to make. Yeah. I also really liked... Billy's kind of homemade Wiccan costume. It's weird that the other costumes kind of got explanations as to what they were, but Billy's kind of didn't. Yes. Oh, I I didn't notice until uh, the second time watching it through, but the kind of black turtleneck that he's wearing underneath has... Stars. Has little sparkles in it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice the sparkles the first time through. Like, it's a reference to his Young Avengers Volume 2 costume. Mm Mm-hmm. So we mentioned that we're kind of moving away from really getting in-depth into the sitcoms. Yeah, which is sad, but... But weirdly, I I feel like I'm, I'm reaching to our other podcast, our Charmed podcast, mm-hmm. where we do time freeze and we talk about what dates this episode. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that Pietro's wearing a hemp choker. But also, I do have a couple of television things. Is one of them the commercial? Because I do kind of regret not talking about, I think I might have touched on it briefly, but not talking about more of the body horror in children's commercials that that felt like it was invoking. Um, no, it's not the commercial, but 
Do you want to talk about that? Okay, I don't know if you missed this, but were you watching that sort of TV when Gushers commercials were big? Okay, I was going to show you a Gushers commercial, too. I showed you two Gogurt commercials, and I was going to show you a Gushers one as well. Okay, keep in mind, those are all commercials I saw as a kid. Those were commercials that were on when I was watching Nickelodeon or whatever. So, yeah, it has a real creepy vibe from that era of children's tv our product is good but will do horrifying things to you our product is good but it will turn you into a flat stanley or i mean or honeycombs had that too honeycomb cereal will turn you into a raving monster that will destroy your house yeah gushers will make your head turn into a piece of fruit yeah i never 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 super got those that just why the appeal what what what's the appeal of that commercial I'm sorry, I interrupted you, though, you had... Yeah, I do have a couple of TV Easter eggs, just little things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is when Wanda is excited about Vision's costume, which they say is a luchador Luchador. costume. And he responds, chili con carne. Because we did watch so many hours of Full House, and there is this thing, this joke that reoccurs multiple times where... This weirdly... At least racist adjacent running joke. Where someone will speak Spanish and one of the full house residents will reply with Pollo Loco. Usually Danny, which... Which is the the name of a chicken chain in California. What the hell, full house? It's not funny. It's not... It's not anything. What are you doing? Um, The other thing, though, was when we saw all the children in their costumes, it's a thing in TV that I think... We're getting away from, especially we just watched a Halloween episode of Modern Family that definitely doesn't do this, but TV in the 90s and the 2000s definitely did this, where all of the Halloween costumes are just generic things. Hmm. Like, this person is just dressed like a witch, or a butterfly, or a bag of popcorn, when in reality, all these kids would be wearing pop culture costumes, but you can't do that. Yeah. Because you have to clear the rights. Although they're Disney, so you'd think. Well, I, but that era of TV. That era yeah. of TV, yeah. So those are those are my TV Easter eggs. Now, when you're an adult, now you can get away with not doing pop culture uh, costumes because you're usually a sexy something or you're a weird visual pun. I don't know. Do people do weird visual puns in real life, or is that just on TV? I don't know. I feel God. Now I have to think back to uh, Halloween stuff. Uh, God, it's been so long. I've I've been Waldo of Where's Waldo fame for the past several Halloweens just because I have the outfit. Yes. But uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a good idea. I honest to God, I might do. I might steal the Modern Family sugar daddy. Oh, that was terrible. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> It, you, all you need is a baby Bjorn and a bag of sugar. And we already have a baby carrier. Yeah. I, one Halloween, went to a house party as uh, Princess Bubblegum mm-hmm. from Adventure Time. And I didn't know a lot of people at that party. And I ended up hanging out with the other people who were in Adventure Time costumes, even though I didn't know them. <laughs> so I ended up hanging out with uh, someone who was dressed as Prince Simon, or Simon before he becomes the Ice King. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was dressed as, uh, oh, and, 
And someone had done a costume. This is the closest thing I can think of to a pun costume. But they had done a take on Lumpy Space Princess where she was Pumpkin Spice Princess. So it was like a Pumpkin Spice version of Lumpy Space Princess. That works, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I think we may have reached the end. I think we have said everything we have to say about this episode of WandaVision. This show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should head over to our Facebook page, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Westview.